pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 195. Today I'm going to chat with Talon Sai, discuss a 2A win in the Supreme Court, highlight the newest micro-compact 9mm from Taurus, and talk about a tiger that was on the loose in Houston neighborhood. I am your host, Ava Flannell. Talon, how are you doing today? I'm good, Ava. It's good to hear you again. I know we just saw each other a few weeks ago, but it's good to I know. I was actually really excited to see that you were on the trip when we went to Florida. Oh, I guess they're inviting anyone to this event. Oh, is that how it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was cool because I mean, I know we've met in passing at like trade shows and stuff like that, but we never had the chance to talk much. So mm-hmm. it, it was cool to finally get to connect and that's yeah. what all those events are for. Yeah. And I will add that you were actually a lot cooler than I thought you were. Uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird how you see somebody from a distance and you kind of come up in your mind, you think that they're a certain way, but then you meet them in person and sometimes they surpass your expectations. And then other times, wow, I thought this guy was awesome and he's a dipshit. Yeah, that happens quite a lot. And I actually get that a lot. I don't know what it is. I guess a lot of people in like the YouTube space, some of them sort of have a character to them when they're filming videos and stuff like that. But Everyone I met, like even at that event, because we haven't done events in the past two years because of everything going on. And a lot of people said that they're like, dude, you're exactly how you are in videos. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it would be hard for me to put on a character and do that full time. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if people think that I'm the exact same way. I think I'm better in person. I think I get a little nervous once there's a camera in front of me. Or I get a lot of people that say they thought I was stuck up and then they meet me in person and hang out. And wow, you're actually pretty down to earth. Yeah. It's it's all about that like personal connection. I think it's hard to really gauge someone's character over videos and podcasts, but definitely I feel the same way. I feel like I'm better in person. Yeah. Well, and plus when you have rusty and bitch face, it doesn't help either. That doesn't help. It's intimidating. (laughs) I know. And I'm the queen of it. (laughs) RBF. Yeah. Happens. All right. So when we were in Florida, we did a two gun match, which you actually did phenomenal. You were actually really impressive. You came in the top five or something, right? I placed third overall. I think Derek, the three gun guy, he does three gun first. So he was first. And then um, that Jeremy guy. Yeah. He, or was his name Ryan Gresham? Oh, yeah. I think Gresham I got second. And then, yeah, I placed third, which is weird because, I mean, I shoot a lot and I would say that I'm pretty confident and proficient with firearms, but I didn't know how I would stack up against everyone there. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was my first time actually running like a full-blown course like that other than just running around my range. Yeah, I know. Same. And it showed. (laughs) But we're not going to talk about me. We'll talk about you. But you did a (laughs) phenomenal job. And the two guns that we were using were from Smith & Wesson. We had an AR. And the Smith and Wesson, the M2.0, and I thought they ran really well. Especially, basically, they just give us guns, throw us on the stage, and okay, cool, do your best. And it's always weird when you're using a gun that you're not used to, but it felt like I just kind of jumped right in, and it just seemed really natural to use. They make yeah. some really good stuff. Yeah, I think 
I may have had like an upper edge there across like some of the other people just because I shoot so many different guns all the time. So mm-hmm. I can adapt pretty quickly, but it's definitely there's a learning curve with every gun, no matter what you pick up, like changing your grip and whatever it may be. Luckily, I run a lot of ARs and a lot of Smith and Wesson handguns. They were both performance center. So the AR shot super flat with the brake yeah. on it. And then the full size M&P 2.0 it's kind of hard to shoot those guns poorly. They're just yeah. great overall guns. Yeah, totally. Have you had a chance to shoot the Shield 9 Plus? Yeah, I actually have one sitting right here. I'm working on a video, but I i mean, it's been raining here for the past like two weeks. So once it clears up some more, I'm going to head out to the range and finish testing that. Yeah, that's so weird because it's been raining where I'm at too for the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I guess spring's finally here. (laughs) Although, wait, did you see how much rain Louisiana got? Yeah, well, I saw they were flooded like crazy. Oh, crazy. Yeah, Yeah. so at that point, all right, no big deal. I'll take the rain that we've been getting. It's all right. But yeah, it's been raining a lot here too. I think you're going to be really happy with the Shield 9 Plus. I thought for its size, because that's the thing with these smaller guns, a lot of times they're kind of snappy. And man, this thing shoots flawlessly, really flat shooter. I'm really happy with it. It's now my concealed carry gun. It's basically the same size as the P365 or the Hellcat. There's really not too much of a difference, give or take it just a little bit here and there. But as far as size wise, I thought out of all the the micro compact pistols that we have to choose from, I would say the 9 Plus is probably the best as far as shooting right now. Yeah, I think it's most comparable to a 43X size wise. Yeah. Thank God Smith & Wesson finally got rid of the articulating trigger. They improved them a lot from the 1.0s to the 2.0s, and they became a lot crisper and better to shoot. But yeah. the new flat face trigger is, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are some people at Smith & Wesson, well, I know for a fact because I talked to them, that have wanted that for a while. And I'm hoping that new trigger shoe design and everything kind of spills over into the rest of their lineup. Yeah. The problem is they have a million SKUs of guns, different barrel lengths, ported, performance center, this and that. So, Oh, I know. I know. I hear you. In fact, they just signed their contract for a year. And so, yeah, do you need anything to get everything kicked off? And I was looking at their guns and I I don't know, I'm overwhelmed. Just send me some t-shirts or something. That'd be cool. (laughs) I'll think about it because there's so much stuff they have. Yeah, I could totally understand. And you're right. That trigger, it'd be great to see if we can see that throughout the other guns. If you guys want to check out more about Smith & Wesson or see all the guns, this huge lineup that they have, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, Talon, even though we just met a few weeks ago, I got to say, I don't know a ton about you. We've been to the same events. I've kind of met you through passing, but to my knowledge, I always thought you were just a YouTuber, but then you were also talking about how you used to do videos about your adventures. And the more you started talking, dang, I don't know anything about you. For me and for listeners who may not know who you are, which you've made a really big name for yourself. Just kind of give me a little synopsis of what it is that you do in the gun industry. The gun industry specifically, I just started shooting guns and showcasing them on one of my channels. And it just started growing exponentially because when I first started making gun videos, it was the typical like main players. It was 
very cut and dry, long form videos, a lot of them just like top down. And then I came in with my passion for more videography, cinematic type of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I saw that not many people were like throwing music into gun videos and they weren't doing any kind of over the top camera work. Not that I do anything over the top, but I just started making gun videos in my own style and it sort of catered to like the average person because I'm just an average dude. So yeah, a lot of firearm videos, product reviews, like optics and lights and things like that and holsters. And it just grew a lot. And now once you're in the firearms industry doing what I do for a couple of years, like it's almost been five years now, you just meet everyone and everyone knows each other. So it's a great community to be in for sure. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of good connections. Yeah, definitely. What were you doing previously? Is that when you focused on your YouTube channel where you basically recorded and showed your adventures? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a few different YouTube channels. I have one specific dedicated to firearms now. It's called Sunday Gun Day. But previously, I started with everything that I would do on my main channel, which is just my name, Talon Sai. I started my channel because I was consuming a lot of YouTube and I knew I was going to be living in a hotel in Boston for a while. So I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a new computer, buy a camera. I watch a lot of YouTube and I know that I can make YouTube videos because my life is kind of interesting. So I would just, yeah, document adventures. I would skateboard a bunch. I would review different things that I liked, like tech and cameras and electric skateboards. And then I started getting into show. I mean, I have a million hobbies. And then I just like slowly started showcasing them on the channel between cars and modifications and motorcycles and camping and stuff like that. And eventually firearms got thrown into the mix. And it was just, I mean, my main channel is like a lifestyle channel. It's just everything that I'm interested in. Nothing is really off the table as far as content that I'll make. Mm -hmm. So I threw firearms into the mix and a lot of people started liking that. And Further down the road, I spun it off into its own channel because of YouTube politics, but we can talk about that later if you want. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense though. And it's something that I didn't think about because anytime I've recorded a video or I made a wooden table and I put it on my YouTube channel, oh, this is going to be more parts of my lifestyle. And after talking to you and Mr. Guns and Gear, nope, if you're going to do other stuff, have a new channel, plants, for example, I'm super obsessed with plants. Oh, I'm going to incorporate plants into my gun videos. It's going to be great. Nobody else is doing it. And then, you know, you're better off starting a completely separate channel. And one of the biggest reasons is because of the whole demonetizing aspect of it, which is just so annoying. There's <laughs> nothing worse than putting in all this work into a video and then you get a notification. Yeah, it's demonetized. Awesome. Cool. No big deal. Yeah, it's a hard thing to overcome. So, I mean, I I guess you probably don't know what happened, but like maybe two years ago or about a year and a half ago, I guess my channel was my main channel and I I was doing, I mean, I I have my hands in everything, but my main channel was like my bread and butter. That's how I made connections and made money. And then because gun stuff was mixed into it, YouTube pulled my entire channel from the partner program. So extreme long story short, I ended up having to solve this issue without them being clear on like what the issue actually was. I knew it was firearm related. So I pulled all of my gun videos down, put them on the new channel, 
in order to re-monetize my main channel and then just continue managing both. And I ended up deleting 26 million views worth of firearm videos from my main channel, which was like, it was crushing. And it definitely put a damper on the main channel. Luckily, the, the Sunday Gunday channel has been growing pretty well since then. Content right now is obviously hard to make with everything going on. But yeah, the biggest issue is YouTube is a private company and they can do whatever they want. They make their own rules. So if tomorrow they say no more gun videos, that's just it. That's the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we were talking about with Mike, definitely I would create a new channel if you're thinking about venturing into things other than firearms, because it's only going to cause headaches in the future. Yeah, definitely. As a result, because let's say YouTube tomorrow decides, okay, we're not going to allow firearm reviews or anything firearm related. Have you been uploading your videos to other platforms just in case? Not yet. I always save all of my final like completed video projects. So I haven't uploaded them to like any other, I'll call them third party sites, Mm -hmm. but I have the option to in the future. Like I I don't delete anything. I have terabytes of videos. I mean, I've created over probably 750 videos since I started YouTube about five years ago. So I have everything backed up and I'm ready to put them in different places. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about SB Tactical. Talon, do you have any experience with SB Tactical? Oh, yeah. Lots of experience with SB Tactical. Yeah, I feel like, are you even in the firearms industry if you don't have experience with them? Yeah. I have among so many of my guns. And it's crazy, too, how many manufacturers they've partnered with to put their braces on those guns. Nowadays, if you have five guns, chances are one of them has an SB Tactical brace on it. 100%. I mean, I have them on. I have probably... Maybe not one of every brace that they make because they make so many, but I have a ton. I have more pistols, pistol braces than I do just like stocks on ARs and other guns. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the way to go. And let's say laws changed. I would still prefer the SB tactical braces over a lot of these stocks just because they've created them in such a way that they're really comfortable and convenient to use. Yeah, 100%. I've thought about that too. Like, I've purposely built pistols because I prefer the SBA three and a lot of other things like that. So Mm -hmm. I agree for sure. Yeah. If you guys want to check their stuff out, head on over to sb-tactical.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny15 and that gets you 15% off. All right. Moving forward, you had a podcast a few years ago and you recently decided to start it up. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Like I said, I have my hands in a little bit of everything. So I have two main YouTube channels. I have a podcast channel and the podcast is available everywhere else. It's called Dropping Knowledge. And it started as just like me and my friends dicking around, drinking and just like sharing stories of what we used to do as kids and stuff like that. And I lowered my quantity of videos across all my channels. So I have a little bit more bandwidth now. And I went out and created a whole new podcast setup and did everything like professional and right this time. So I have a video aspect of it and that's available on YouTube. And now that it's easy to record and it's high quality, then I'm 
reaching out to friends like well even like you and other people in the firearms industry and basically youtube creators that i'm friends with and i'm going to be having more guests on it's fun i love podcasting i I really enjoy long form content Mm -hmm. because i've been doing short form for so long so yeah it's been going good Yeah, I could understand that. I think sometimes people probably look at our lives, man, that's awesome. You get to review all this cool stuff and make videos about it. And it is a lot of fun. And I definitely do not take it for granted. Every day I wake up and it still amazes me that I do this for a living. But eventually things do kind of run its toll. So it is kind of nice to mix things up and do things a little bit differently. So I can understand how podcasting would be fun. And it's also not as constructed format, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a little less work, I'll say, because I film all my videos, I edit all my videos, I do everything start to finish, like I don't have any employees right now. So creating a video when I'm pulling footage from five different cameras, GoPros, DSLRs, drones, and everything like that, it takes a long time. Whereas a podcast, I can sit down, record it in an hour, or however long we want to talk, and then edit it and upload it. Like right now I'm sitting on three podcasts ready to go live every Monday. It also brings in more of a human element because Mm -hmm. like you said, people see they're like, oh, you guys live like crazy lives. You're going to these events and shooting guns and stuff like that. But long form content like this really allows people who support and watch the content that we create, it allows them to connect with us more, which I personally really enjoy. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And that's actually one of the reasons why I started the podcast was to humanize the industry and give people a platform where they can talk about how they got here or things that have happened in their life, just to give people a perspective. Hey, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. I want to know what are some of the topics that you've covered in your podcast, because I've seen some pretty interesting things. When I saw you post that, like, hey, we're bringing back the podcast, you had some interesting topics that weren't necessarily all about funny stories with you and your friends. Most of the old stuff is really like raunchy locker room type of talk stuff. Yeah. But are you going to clean up your act a little bit or probably no, not? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm having different guests on, though. A lot of my friends are in the firearms industry and it's not a firearms podcast at all. Like I try to hit on the points that everyone wants to hear about when talking to a guest that is in the 2A industry. But then I also try to like keep it more lighthearted and like a lot of these people I'm friends with and I know that they have interests outside of firearms. Like you mentioned, you're into plants and things like that. So I guess some of the recent guests I had, like one of them was Mickey Shook, who people know him as Carry Trainer on the internet, and he's a firearms instructor. So we talked about firearms instructing and basically just like how to be a better human. Him and I talk about that stuff quite a lot. And then I had John Patton on and talked about just like normal firearm stuff. But then we talked about where he's heading with content creation and some new things that he's into. So Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think I can come on your podcast and talk about plants? Absolutely. I mean, I know (laughs) little to nothing about plants. I actually have a chia pet in my office that I'm looking at right now. Oh, that's funny. How far has it grown? Uh, It's not looking good. So maybe you could do the podcast in person and give me some tips. Because Well, first of all, do you realize you're supposed to water it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know that. I keep watering it every day. I need better sunlight. I have good sunlight, but not direct sunlight. So, oh, well, then you just get those grow lights. 
Yeah, that's a lot for a Chia pet though, you know? You know what I'm envisioning is when you were a kid, those little Nanaguchi things. Uh, the Tamagotchis? Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah. That's what it is. I just imagine <laughs> yours didn't last more than an hour. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I had one of those on a little keychain. <laughs> I had one too. And what was comical about it is I would take really good care of it and it would die in an hour. So yeah, I really don't have room to point fingers. But sometimes I would lose it and then I would find it two months later and it was alive and it was grown. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I had a chicken and now it's a full-blown rooster. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. It's the same thing with plants. You give it the grow lights and the fertilizer and everything that it needs and it's barely growing. But then you see stupid weeds growing on freaking cement. And how, okay. how did that happen? <laughs> Makes no sense. I know. But... I swear. The wonders of the world. Yep. I saw actually that you did the Pocky one chip challenge at one point. Yeah, that was terrible. I did it twice now. Really? The first time was it on your video? Uh, yeah, the first time. So I used to have a public PO box where people could send in products and just like funny letters and notes. And a lot of people would send food because me and my friend made like a mini series on my channel where we just test out like it started with like weird foods like champagne glasses full of hot sauce. <laughs> and like we've eaten everything like raw onions and gefilte fish and like all this weird stuff. I think like two years ago, someone sent the Pocky One chip and we did it and it was not fun, but we did it recently with the hotter one, which they, they like make them hotter every year. And after that, that sort of scarred me. I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this anymore. <laughs> I, I, I've done so much hot stuff, um, just like bad abdominal pain and it's not a good time. But I know you did it too. Yeah, I did. As you're talking right now, man, what a weak ass bish. Man, did you do the black chip? Yeah. And you eat the whole thing? Yeah. I had to oh. do it and it didn't help that I did it in front of 300 people. At first, I didn't want to. And then I gave in to peer pressure stupidly. I guess I'm still at that age where I give in to peer pressure. I'm not, oh, I'm a confident female. I don't have to listen to what you guys think. But no, I totally gave in. But I didn't throw up. The guy that did it with me, he threw up. The minute he got off stage, he was pretty sick. And I don't know, I can eat really spicy food. I love spicy food, but it was definitely painful. And I could just feel it go down my throat and in my stomach and even my lips because the chip touched my lips was on fire. Yeah, it almost feels like you're doing something illegal. It's like you can buy this thing and feel this feeling. Right. It seems like it should be regulated. It's yeah. like. It was pretty intense. I mean, I've definitely done some hotter stuff, but just the dry chip getting like stuck in your teeth and it's... Well, yeah. And you think, okay, I'm just going to take bites of it and just swallow it whole, but you can't because it's a stale chip, so you have to chew it. Yeah. Why are they all stale? Both of ours were. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's just the way they make them. Yeah. Well, I think they make it so that you can't just eat it whole. There's something about it that you have to chew. And it doesn't even taste good. Like some hot stuff, like ghost pepper sauces and stuff. That Mm -hmm. stuff, in my opinion, like it tastes good. It has a good flavor to it. The Pocky One chip is just, a. it's like a stale Dorito that was touched by Satan, basically. (laughs) Totally. Although, you know what's weird that I've always joked about because I love spicy food is why is it that our body naturally, when you're eating something spicy, you just want more of it? You're sitting there and you're dying, but you still keep eating it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I love spicy food too, but there's like a threshold where 
even eating like some pretty hot wings, like you keep eating them, keep eating them. And then it just builds and builds over time. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, I've made a mistake at this point. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Changing it up a little bit. I also noticed that you started a production company. The only reason why I actually noticed that is because your email. But what all does that entail? And when did you start this? I've had the idea for a while, but I didn't really have the place, time or money to execute it. So it started coming to fruition at the end of 2020 Mm -hmm. while I was traveling and it's official formed company at the start of 2021. So this year I started it basically as an umbrella company for everything that I do between two to three YouTube channels, the podcast, managing other people's social media and creating content for companies out there. So there's a few different aspects to it. One is like the video element on my YouTube channel and typical social media promotion. Mm -hmm. But then I've also done some like actual commercial work for people like Polaris, as an example, they sent out a vehicle for me to create content around that they then published on their website. So product photography and like small video segments and things like that. So that's another like sector of it. And then also I basically started an apparel company. Mm -hmm. So we release one to two new products every month. Actually, it's starting to become even more than that. And it's just high quality clothing and different. uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I can give away because a lot of the stuff is not coming to fruition quite yet. Mm -hmm. But I have a whole spreadsheet planned of different releases this year between tools and things like pocket knives and wallets and clothing is the main thing. So we got flannels and button ups and hoodies and hats and beanies and all sorts of stuff. I'm actually super jealous of your flannel. And we mentioned this in Florida because I was making a joke. Yeah. When are you going to come out with your flannel line? Flannel. You know, I should. And oh, I got a flannel line. And then I looked at it. Dang, I actually really like your style because it all says Sci on it and it's SEI. And it's kind of cool because unless you are familiar with you and the brand, people are wearing this. So it's kind of a cool way to be, yeah, I'm into guns, but not really be so direct where you're wearing a shirt that says Second Amendment or whatever. Right. Nothing against these companies that I'm going to mention, but I see a lot of grunt style and nine line t shirts and stuff like that. And as soon as you see like, the backwards flag on a shoulder print or like the grunt style logo. It's like, oh, that guy has a gun on him. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Whereas starting my own brand like Psy, I put out one gun specific shirt. It was a Sunday Gunday shirt with like my new logo. But everything else is just like, I made clothing to wear as you're like adventuring around. I've traveled the country for the past like year and a half. And I'm always wanting like, nice breathable shirts and heavyweight hoodies when it gets cold and flannels and stuff like that. So like you said, it's sort of like nondescript. Someone who doesn't even know me could wear the clothing because like I enjoy it and I stand by it. It's good stuff. But also if you do know, then you know that like, oh, maybe that guy is into guns. Maybe he's carrying a gun. You don't know. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about Caldwell. I'm really excited to announce the newest sponsor, who's Caldwell Shooting Supplies. And 
Actually, when we were in Florida, Caldwell was one of the big companies that sponsored the event. They make all kinds of stuff, Ear Eye Pro, Steel Targets. For the longest time, what comes to mind is their bench rests and stuff. They make some really awesome bench rests. What did you think about their products when we were in Florida? Yeah, I've known them for their bench rests and stuff like that. I have been sticking with One Ear Pro for a while, which I didn't bring to Florida with me because I flew there, but I was using their Shadow 2s a lot, which mm-hmm. are just like in-ear. And when you're down in Florida, it's super nice because your head doesn't get all sweaty from wearing like over-ears. They do make over-ears too, but the Shadow 2s have great sound suppression. You can connect them to Bluetooth. So I've enjoyed those and I've actually been wearing them even after the event. It's a good product for sure. Yeah. It takes a second to get them in your ear. At first, I don't know if these are working for me. And then somebody showed me you sort of pick up your ear so that it opens more and then you insert them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I change so out weird. the tips too. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. You, like, you like straighten your ear canal. And the only time where it ever broke a seal was shooting the minigun, which I mean, that's going to break any seal. But yeah. Yeah, they're awesome, and I'm still continuing to use them. It's probably because you were smiling too much, honestly. That too. You just start grinning ear to ear, and then everything loosens up. Yeah, no kidding. Man, that minigun was so much fun. Ryan, who was one of the guys that put the event together, I just sent him a... Because he was talking to me, oh, you've worked with goat guns. Yeah, I have a bunch of them. Man, could you send me one? Yeah, sure, no problem. And I actually found this little replica of a minigun. It's not made by goat guns. I forget the company that makes it, but I just sent him one. Well, it's not a goat gun, but I figured you might like this better. He's going to love that for sure. Yeah, I just finally dropped it off at the post office. All right. So I want to know where are some of the places that you've traveled? And also, can we say that you lived in your van? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I lived in my van for the past like year and a half now. Which is so crazy to me. And it's also crazy that this is a thing. This is stuff that people want to do. Or a lot of people want to be homeless, which I'm not saying you're homeless, but how do you stop the homeless population when they just want to live in a tent on the street? Which I'm not saying is what you're doing. And it does make it super easy to travel around and you don't have to plan your hotel or renting a car. But I don't know if I could do it for a year and a half. Well, especially with COVID and everything, the whole van life culture and just travel culture, it's been exploding. It's still exploding because now that a lot of people have got the taste of working from home, they realize like how much time they're wasting at the office. And a lot of people just have the urge to travel now because they've either been locked up at home for a while or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's definitely glamorized on social media quite a bit. I've had my van for like over two years now. So I luckily was doing it before like the big spike happened. But at the start of COVID, that's when I started traveling actually. And it's been amazing. Like I have absolutely no regrets about it. I've connected with so many people and it's something that I wish more people could experience because it's such a good, like life-changing opportunity to see just the country. I mean, just the United States. I've been to... All of the lower 48, I haven't been able to get up to Alaska yet because of restrictions and can't take the van to Hawaii for obvious reasons. But yeah, I've been all over the place and I wish more people could experience it as well. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And it seems like a really cool opportunity. And I feel like it's one of those things. I don't know if you want to have kids or a family, but it's one of those things where you should do it now 
beforehand, because I'd imagine raising a baby in a van probably wouldn't be the easiest thing to do. Absolutely not. (laughs) There's things that I feel like people should experience or accomplish at certain moments in their life. I've been a big proponent of it now. Like if you are interested in it, do it while you can. Like you said, like it's so much easier. I mean, you can do it at any time. If you have a kid, like there are people who travel full time with babies and stuff like that. But if you have the opportunity, like set yourself up to do it because it's something that I would not trade for the world now that I have done it. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Wrapping up, do you have any future plans that you can share with listeners? Um, Future plans, I guess gun related. I have my own signature pistol, which we released last summer in July in collaboration with Danger Close Armament. Oh, nice. So I designed my ideal everyday carry gun, and that's the only gun that I carry now. It's based on the Glock 43X. I designed a slide package, optic, and texture for it. So very much custom gun through and through. And we're working on expanding that line. So I've been sort of hinting at it here and there. I've put really big hints in videos that no one has picked up on, but there's definitely going to be more of that coming as soon as the demand dips a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's still still insane right now, but that's a big project I'm working on. And And, and I'm just going to stop you for one second. If people want to get that 43X, where can they find it? uh, They can't. (laughs) Oh, okay. So So it's right now everything's sold out. uh, Well, everything that I do, especially through side productions with like the apparel company, it's all limited. So I create new designs all the time. And once they're gone, they're gone forever until they're replaced with a new design. So for the signature pistols that we did, we did a run of 100 starting, I think it was June 7th of last year. And we sold out in three weeks. So you could probably find them on gun broker and maybe even local gun shops. There've been people who bought them to resell them, which is unfortunate, but that's what happens when you have a product that you like and stand by. Mm-hmm. But in the future, you can find information of that on my website and on danger close armaments website as well. Okay, cool. And those are great guys, by the way, I've met them a few times. I've had them on the show and they do awesome work. Yeah. Good friends of mine. No, they're good friends of mine. Oh, are you sure? Are you friends it, with them on Snapchat? I'm, I'll explain to you after the show. <laughs> I know. I already feel like I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I am very, very good friends with them. Yes. <laughs> All right. Before I cut you off, what else were you going to say? Other than that, like that's a big project. And then just cranking out videos. I'm doing one video a week on my main channel, one podcast a week on the podcast channel. And Sunday gun days, I try to do once a week, but I, I'm just getting them in as much as I can at this point. I don't, I don't really have anything to plug or promote. That's that's about it. Well, you forgot to mention that we're also going to be creating content together. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't raining, we could have filmed some stuff this week. The weather looks like it's getting better. So maybe in the future, we can shoot some guns together, have you on my podcast. Wait, what do you mean maybe in the future? I thought we're doing this. I, as long as it doesn't start raining again, I'll come <laughs> look, down and visit. Look, we could just make a video of us building Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark 2021. That's true. It doesn't have to be gun stuff. And I'm <laughs> I'm more thrilled on doing stuff outside the firearms industry because I have so many hobbies. So Yeah, we could definitely think of something. But yeah, that's also in the works. All right. So if listeners, if they're not already following you, where can they find you on the internet? Pretty much on every social media platform at Talon Sai or Talon underscore Sai, S-E-I. And if 
obviously you're into firearms, so you can find me at Sunday Gunday or my main channel, Talon Sai. Everything is linked over there too. All right, cool. All right, moving forward, IWI. This is also something that you're super interested in because we were talking in Florida and you pretty much have all their freaking guns. Yeah, I think I have one of like every gun they've ever made. <laughs> oh, okay. That's really cool. Well, do you have their SBR? Their X95 uh, SBR? Not an SBR. I have an X95, but I could make it an SBR. Okay, well, I'm getting their SBR version. So, hmm. Mm. Is it a five five six? Are you doing like yeah. pistol caliber? No, I'm just gonna do five five six. I thought about pistol caliber, but honestly, eh, I don't know. That was the hardest thing. Is I was on their website, man. I want everything. I kept going back and forth between the new Galil, which is super nice, and then all right, well maybe the X ninety five. But then, will you choose the X ninety five or the SAR or the seven? Just so many options. And then once you boil it down to a gun. You also have to consider, okay, what caliber, what length? I would say Galil SBR. I have one of those and it's phenomenal. It's like bomb proof. And I have the one chambered in 5.56 actually. So Hmm. great little gun. Interesting. Okay. And then what else do you have? What is your favorite gun that IWI makes? Um, uh, Let me think. I have the Masada, the Jericho. The Masada is actually really legit. Yeah, handgun-wise, the Masada is definitely a good one to recommend to a lot of people because the price point's good and it's competitive with, like a, say, a Glock 19 or a Glock 17. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer the Jericho just because it's a little different. Super smooth action. It's a really heavy gun, so recoil impulse is like next to nothing. And then I have a lot of like the weird stuff, like the Uzi and the Galil Ace. I really want the Uzi. Every time I see it, I need it. Yeah, it's fun. It's not super practical, obviously. Yeah, I know. That's what water. that's what I keep reminding myself is, this, eh, yeah, I know. But every time I see it, I just love the way that it looks. Yeah. So I would say favorite overall is probably the Galil Ace. And then the TS-12 probably gets an honorable mention because mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous and fun. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I agree. Well, if you guys want to check out their products, head on over to IWI.us. If you see any accessories that you like, use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off all accessories. And now it's time to talk politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. SCOTUS rules in favor of 2A rights. This week, we had a very positive win in the Supreme Court. The case of Ganiglia versus Strom is a case from 2015 involving police seizing a man's firearms under the quote-unquote community caretaking exemption without a warrant to take them or even search his residence. The incident started after a dispute with the man's wife where he had put his unloaded pistol on the table and said to his wife, shoot me now and get it over with, which... I feel like that sounds like your typical common marriage, especially for 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> when I was reading this, when it happened, oh man, kind of makes you cringe a little bit. And yeah, yeah, no kidding. I hate to say it, but I know so many people that get into disputes kind of like this where their anger gets the best of them and then it's mixed emotions between love and hate. Not to say I am because I've never been married and I still live alone, but 
I don't know. You can kind of understand how things escalate, but still, I don't think it would ever get to that point for me. Anyways, his wife left for the night, and the next day when he wasn't answering, she called the cops to do a wellness check on him. He talked to the cops outside in the backyard, and they agreed that he didn't seem suicidal and convinced him to go get an evaluation by stating that they would not search his home as he believed they would. They did, of course, search his home after he left, and they took his firearms and ammunition without any warrants, claiming, again, the community caretaking exemption. This was a blatant violation of the Fourth Amendment in due process. They provided him no way to get his firearms returned, and he was forced to sue. After six years in the court system, which is insane how long the court system takes, it came to the Supreme Court last week. President Biden and the Justice Department strongly urged the court to rule in favor of the warrantless search and seizures. In a rare unanimous decision, the Supreme Court ruled the Fourth Amendment protects gun owners from such invasions without due process. This was awesome to see since even the liberal judges ruled against it. This has the potential to set major presence for gun rights. The biggest implication will be the red flag laws, which I think is why this case is so important because one, it was a unanimous vote, but also with red flag laws hitting pretty much all of these states, including Colorado, it's just kind of nice to see that they're not completely doing away with due process. But yeah, I don't know. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's I mean, it could have very easily went the other way and it would be brushed under the rug and we wouldn't even hear about it or be able to talk about it. But it's a huge win that it's a unanimous decision like that. And hopefully that'll set precedence in the future for, like you said, red flag and just the elevated political climate around firearms right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of wonder if he's still with his wife. I hope not. (laughs) I really hope not. It is crazy. This is slightly off topic, but isn't it crazy how many divorces took place after 2020? Right now, my friend's going through a divorce and he said that his case isn't going to be able to be heard until I think it's end of July. What? They can't even sell their house. They're separated. They can't do anything until the judge looks over the case and makes sure that both parties are being treated fairly. Why is it taking so long? And it's because there's been such a huge uptick in divorces. Yeah, I didn't know that statistic, but I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, especially when you're used to at least spending some time away from each other. Everybody goes to work, but you're all under the same house. And then on top of all the stress of COVID and what that's creating, it's just the perfect recipe unless you have a really solid, strong marriage. So I could totally understand. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that you love the TS-12. Well, one of the things that Manicore Arms came out with is a muzzle device for the TS-12. I need to contact Sven and tell him that I need to try this out because I also have the TS-12. Man, this thing is a freaking beast. And there's some pictures, I'll admit, I've gained a little bit of weight. I'm working on losing it. But there's some pictures when I first got this gun, I was 20 pounds lighter. And this gun looks like the size of me. So as you can imagine, as I'm shooting the recoil on this thing. (laughs) It's a beast. It's a beast of a gun. Yeah, but it also makes it fun to shoot because I also don't love shooting a lot of 22s unless it's a full auto or something. Sometimes I like the recoil, but I am interested to try out the muzzle device that Manicore Arms makes for the TS-12. And also, if you're not familiar with Manicore Arms, you should be because they make 
tons of parts for IWI's guns, the Tavor X95, the SAR, the 7, you name it, and they make something for it. And it's just comfort parts, even if it's just the butt pad that goes on the back of the Tavor or muzzle devices or charging handle, all of this stuff, they make incredible stuff. I would highly recommend check them out, manacorearms.com. Use the code AVAROCKS15 and that gets you 15% off whatever you decide to buy. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is what are your favorite and least favorite things you do when creating content? Talent, I'll let you go first because I'm still thinking. (laughs) My favorite and least favorite things? Yeah. Overall, man, that's so hard. I guess my favorite thing is creating content has allowed me to work for myself and just be completely free. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Mm -hmm. The con of it would be there's a ton of busy work, like managing relationships, answering emails, taking phone calls. I enjoy editing, but a lot of times it becomes work as well because a lot of what makes my videos is the editing that I do after filming. So I work more now than I ever have before. I used to be an IT consultant and I work like we talked about before this. I work every single day. Like I'm always doing something to, I'm just always engaged in the community, whether I'm filming and editing or answering comments or whatever it may be. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, but the pros heavily, heavily outweigh the cons for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say my favorite thing is just getting to try new things. I love when I get to try out something that is just super innovative. Man, I can't wait to see how this shoots or how it works. And I just get super excited about that. I would say the con is dealing with rude comments, not just with YouTube, but on my social media, people who just say stupid things or rude things. And I've gotten really good about just kind of shrugging it off. Sometimes I would comment back and put them in their place. Other times, meh, delete, block. Now, I don't even really care as much to even waste my time to even delete and block their stuff. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) And go on with my day. It's really weird and slightly alarming how much it doesn't bother me anymore. There's nothing worse than having a great day. And then somebody says, actually, somebody said this in one of my Florida videos. I hate when fat girls wear leggings. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's something that's hard to overcome because it comes on gradually and you just you go through those phases like you talked about i'm at that point now too where like for me to block you you have to be really annoying or say something really dumb yeah but we just sort of become numb to it and Mm -hmm. you just understand that in like the the longer it goes on and the bigger things grow like you're gonna have those people regardless yeah and you just kind of feel bad for them it's like man you, you really took the time out of your day to insult me or whatever. Yeah, that's actually what I think is I actually really, truly like the other day, somebody called Tickles a rat and wow, you honestly took time to type that out, which made me actually laugh. And I'm not going to delete or block you. I just don't care. I'm going to still continue to go on with my life. The whole fat thing when I laughed because I know I'm not fat, but it also doesn't help that I've gained a little bit of weight. And now trying to get back into shape. COVID was not nice to me. I was in the best shape of my life before COVID. And then you stop working out and then you're just eating your feelings. But I'm getting back into it. I joined bar again. 
that hurt a little, but also kind of still made me laugh. It's also weird, some of the stuff that makes me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but I'm sure you don't get called fat. Perks of being a female in the industry. Yeah, I mean, I I get stuff like that a lot. A lot of people call me a hipster just because I guess I have a beard and I have tattoos that makes me hip. I don't know. And you live in a van. You're off the grid. Yeah. I don't know what the definition of hipster is, but I know what I would consider a hipster. And if you know me personally, or even just watch what I do on my channel, you'll know that that's the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Primary arms. I just got a bunch of stuff from Primary Arms that I'm really excited to put reviews out for. But I was on their website, and one of the things that I noticed is if you guys are in the market for like a good AR and you don't want to get ripped off because I see price gouging everywhere. I think I saw, gosh, what was it? It was 500 rounds of 22LR for 20 cents a round or something. It was something ridiculous. How did we get here? Yeah, price gouging is anywhere and everywhere right now. So if you don't want to get ripped off, I'd highly recommend head on over to primaryarms.com. Check out their selection of ARs. They have the Smith & Wesson MMP15 as well as the MMP1522. And the MMP15 models are around $729 to $779, which is really a great deal because I haven't seen any ARs that are under $1,000. And we're talking... If they are $1,000, they're like low-end, cheap brands that I've never even heard of. Definitely recommend check them out. Also, if you guys see any primary arms optics that you want to buy, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you will get a free scope mount with every primary arms optic, and that is at primaryarms.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. In today's Tacti Talk, I don't know if you saw it, but Taurus, they just released, or I don't even know, maybe when the show comes out, they will have released it. But word got out, somebody let the cat out of the bag, and they just came out with a micro-compact pistol. Very similar to the P365, the Hellcat, the Shield. 43. At this point, are you even in the market of making guns or manufacturing guns if you don't come out with a micro-compact pistol? It's just one of those things where you have to create it in order to keep up with the times. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but it's called the GX4. And I'm not really a big fan of Taurus. They've done an okay job of creating some guns. Other guns I think are kind of junky, but I think there's worse out there. It's kind of hit or miss depending on the model. But I think personally, it kind of looks more like a Hellcat than anything else. Did you have a chance to look at it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm very disconnected when it comes to like new products in the firearms industry because like hearing just an overview of that, it doesn't excite me all that much because the market is so saturated. But like you said, companies have to do that to keep up with everyone else. So Mm -hmm. my opinion on Taurus is that they make good guns for the money. However, if you are seriously thinking about getting something to protect yourself with and it's not just a fun gun, then I would recommend saving a little bit. They make guns like the G2C, which I'm sure the new gun is probably based off of, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it functions well. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There's very few manufacturers out there who make a complete flop of a gun anymore. Most Mm -hmm. of them are okay, unless they have recall issues. 
Yeah, definitely. And that's what I tell my students is I know guns are expensive. Hell, even a high point right now is $200. But sometimes if you just spend even an extra 50 to $100, you can get something where it's the difference of night and day. Yeah. I think the sweet spot, especially for like carry pistols, start roughly around like 400. In a, in a normal market, yeah, I would say 400 to 500. Right now, all that stuff is obviously way blown out of proportion. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say that's a good starting point for like a serious firearm that I personally would trust. Yeah, no, I agree. Just sucks because buying a gun and being able to protect yourself has to be so expensive for a lot of people that you know can barely afford groceries. Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, just make do with what you can. But Also, I think it's a good thing to do a lot of research and save as much as you can at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, this gun, like I said, I don't think it came out yet, but who knows? Maybe this gun will actually blow everyone away. And wow, this is an awesome gun for the price and it's super reliable. You never know. So far, what we do know about it is it comes with two 11 round magazines and there is reportedly a 13 round extended one that will be available soon. The grip has a texture almost like stippling and two backstrap options. It comes with basic steel sights, which they look kind of like lock pattern sights. From details revealed so far, what distributors already have in stock, we can confirm it does not have an optic ready option. But I would assume that just like everybody else out there, the optic ready version will soon follow after this release. MSRP on this is $392 which is the cheapest micro on the market. However, the Ruger Max 9 is $499 and comes optic ready. Which I'm looking at a picture of it now in front of me, and it looks like they did a pretty good job, actually. They got front serrations. They got that texture sort of resembling a Hellcat, like you said, flat face trigger, trigger safety. It looks promising. The trigger looks a little thick. A little thick with two Cs, but I prefer thick, like wide face flat triggers like that. That's something that I actually like. I guess that kind of makes sense because if it's thin, then it kind of just feels like it's digging into your finger. Yeah. It looks small. Like it looks like three, six, five small. So I'm curious to see how they fit 11 rounds in there. Well, Springfield just came out with the 15 round and SIG already has the 15 round and it is insane how they're engineering this stuff to fit so many rounds in this magazine in a tiny little gun. And I just can't help but think what a wonderful time to be alive. I'm pretty sure SIG and Springfield are in a lawsuit now because of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Something with the magazine patent or whatever it may be. I think they're like there's some feuds going on there, but it definitely a great time to be alive. More rounds the merrier. Mm-hmm. I know. Huh. That's interesting. I wonder how that'll pan out. Because let's face it, SIG is the first company to engineer a gun that size that holds that many rounds. Mm-hmm. All right. GSM Outdoors. Another sponsor that I'm really excited to announce today is GSM Outdoors, which they include all kinds of companies. I think I heard that there's 49 brands underneath the umbrella of GSM Outdoors. The companies that I'll be working with are Walkers, Birchwood Casey, GPS Bags, True Glow, and Tech Matt. That's a mouthful. Lots and lots of different companies and brands and really excited to be working with all of them. Do you have any experience with any of those? Um, I've dealt with Walker before. I've tested out some of their ear pro. I think that's about it, actually. I'll have to look into them. 
What about Birchwood Casey, the shoot and see targets? I feel like they're the first company that came out with the shoot and sees. I've probably shot them before. I just like don't really remember. But yeah, shoot and see targets are great. Um, I used them a lot. Like when I would go to public ranges, it's just easy to sight things in and get things rolling. Yeah, I'll have to check them out though. Yeah. And then True Glow sites, I've always been a big fan of, even just for the price point, because man, some of these sites you're paying an arm and a leg for. And when I was on their website, I also noticed that they make red dots and optics, which are two, $300. I'd kind of be interested to see how well those work because you just automatically associate, oh, well, if it's not that expensive, then it must not be great quality. But that's not always the case. Definitely interested to kind of review those. Tech Mag, who doesn't enjoy a good mat to clean their guns on, especially when you don't want to get it on your table. And the GPS bags, I actually have a few of those and really like them. It makes it a lot easier to put all your stuff in one bag. Some of these bags hold five different handguns, which is really convenient. If you guys want to check out all of their stuff, head on over to gsmoutdoors.com. Funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. All right, today's AF segment, Tiger on the Loose. You may have seen a video on Mother's Day of a tiger that was loose in uh, the Houston neighborhood, which is so funny because I always want to say Houston, living in New York City for so long. It's like ingrained because I remember one time I got out of the subway and if you've ever been in New York, you get out of the subway, you have no idea what direction you're in. Eventually, you kind of just know after living there for so long. But in the beginning, you have no idea if you're facing east, west, south, whatever. And I was looking for Houston Street and I asked a guy, hey, do you know where Houston is? Yeah, it's in Texas, Uh, but I know where Houston is. And as a result, it's been ingrained where I'm always calling it Houston when I see it because it's spelled the exact same way. But Hmm. anyways, this happened in Houston and this tiger was wandering around the neighborhood. A deputy who lived in the neighborhood came out, drew his weapon, keeping guard over the tiger, yelling at people to keep back and keep an eye out for children while the cat continued to wander the streets. One of his neighbors came out and went up to the cat, kissing and petting it. As it was obviously the neighbor's cat, the deputy yelled at him to get the tiger back inside. Shortly later, police arrived on the scene. The owner had loaded the cat in his vehicle and took off with the cat right as the police drove up. He even jumped his own curb and drove across his lawn getting out of the neighborhood. The owner was arrested and is charged with evading arrest. Also, he's out on bond for a murder charge from 2017, which he says was self-defense. He didn't have the tiger when he was arrested, though. His wife was hiding the cat in different locations until she turned it in on Saturday. The tiger's name is India and is only nine months old, but already weighs 175 pounds and has all of her claws. Obviously, if provoked, could put people in a dangerous situation. A lot of people, I don't know if I should say they liked Tiger King, but it was one of those shows that was such a train wreck that you just couldn't help watching. That doesn't mean that you need to reenact all the craziness in your own neighborhood, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds a lot like Joe Exotic. Yeah, no kidding. And in most places, it is illegal, not to mention extremely dangerous to have a tiger. It kind of makes you just wonder, how did they get this tiger to begin with? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Tiger King, I guess, gives you a little look into like that life. Like You can get pretty much anything on the black market, so yeah, who knows? Yeah, they didn't get it legally. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's so weird. And you hear about a lot of this stuff all the time. 
just some random safari animal that somebody's been keeping in their house and then it grows up and it gets loose or it breaks out and it just really never ends well. <laughs> no, never does. Anyways, it is time to wrap up. Guys, we're all out of iTunes reviews. These are the last two. So if you haven't left a review, please do so on iTunes. First review is Gunnut45, seriously addicted, five stars. I hear about way too many things I need on this show. I'd stop listening, but I'd be sure to miss another new gun I need for that next hit of dopamine. Love the show. Can't wait to listen every week. Second review is v 88 Refreshing perspective, five stars. It's awesome to hear the perspective of an accomplished woman in the industry who can give all the know-it-all guys a run for their money. Ava's got great understanding of the guns and gear as well as what's going on with the Second Amendment. She gives a refreshing perspective that you won't find anywhere else. Keep up the awesome work. All right, so talent, out of those two, I want you to pick a lucky winner to win a prize pack. Uh, Let's go with Jen. All right, Jen, contact me and really appreciate the kind words especially coming from another female. It just kind of makes it that much better to hear. I appreciate it. Congrats, Jen. Yeah, congrats, Jen. Talon's going to send you a flannel. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I have any more, I think I might have some. A flannel flannel. We're going to have to get together and create flannel flannels. Let me know when you're ready. I got a whole <laughs> team of people waiting. Uh, all right, guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to all the social media. If you enjoy the show, you want to support it, you can do a one-time donation or you could become a monthly Patreon, which gets you access to our Facebook-only group. It's a lot of fun. It's at times inappropriate and I really like it. I actually saw this funny meme where it was how you act in your private group versus how you act on your public social media page. And it's so different because you let your hair out in a lot of these groups. Oh, yeah. Which is what I tend to do. Or sometimes it's been a little while since I've gone on there after drinking, but sometimes I'll do that as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the best. (laughs) Just go live. Also wanted to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is Jon Snow. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles proved Einstein wrong. For every action against Operator Tickles, there is a greater and opposite reaction. And Talon, once again, really appreciate your time. This is actually a pretty long podcast, so I really, really appreciate the extra time. But can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you? Yeah. If you go to SciProductions, S-E-I productions.com, you can find links to everything that I'm doing and you can reach out to me on there through a contact form. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And on that note, we're out of here. All right. Thanks for having me. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.